When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Welcome back. This is the Tom Bernard Show. Sitting in for Tom, I'm Dave Schrader, along with Mike Molina, Andy Brent Bernard, L.A. Nick, and Doug Sprinthal. We'll be right back with more Tom Bernard Show. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt and talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. It's been good, ladies and gentlemen. It's been good. And how do they contact you? uh, Either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Sitting next to me right now, one of the holiday heroes of Minnesota, Doug Sprinthal from Walzer.com. Well, we talked about the stuff, the sleigh deal, but we're at, and and that was really cool. We uh, people donated over two thousand toys and a whole bunch of cash for uh, kids for toys for Christmas. And we started doing another thing that I I really think this is great. The the woman who runs the foundation uh, started it up. For every car we sell between Black Friday and the second of January. We're going to give customers a $10 gift card. You might go, well, that's not that big a deal. But they don't keep, get to keep the 10 bucks. It's called uh, and that makes it uh, even leadforward.org. <laughs> you go onto their website, right. and you can pick a school and a classroom and donate that money directly to the class. Oh, that is such a help. Depends on how many cars we sell. We think it's going to be 35 or 40 grand. But the customers get to give it. And if they don't, in two months, the money goes back to the corp, and then we're going to give it to the employees and make them donate it. So it's it's really kind of a cool thing. Well, that's a very cool yeah. thing. You guys do a lot with giving back to yep, the Yeah, uh, it's fun. I really, it's one of the reasons I work for these guys, because they, uh, they do stuff like this. Well, that's Doug Sprinthal from Walzer.com. Come, they told me, our newborn king to see. Our finest gifts we bring. Here's a guy that'll always cheer you right up. Before the king. <laughs> he has his way, right? Need some quaaludes and a quart of southern comfort. <laughs> oh, he sounds like he's about uh, running on uh, 33 when he's supposed to be a 45. Yeah, that's right. Johnny Cash, are you gonna love it? Good stuff. We're back uh, in studio. I'm Dave Schrader filling in for Tom Bernard. Tom will be back with you tomorrow and Friday. I'll be filling in next week, uh, Tuesday through Friday, and I hope you'll join us back for that. Uh, Got a lot going on in the news right now. Congressional Republicans delivered an epic overhaul of U.S. tax laws to President Trump on Wednesday, bringing generous tax cuts for corporations and the wealthiest Americans while providing smaller cuts for middle and low-income families. In a revote due to a last-minute hiccup, the House passed the massive $1.5 trillion tax package that affects everyone's taxes 
but is dominated by breaks for businesses and higher earners per the AP. Democrats call the legislation a boon to the rich that leaves middle class and working Americans behind. The vote was 224 to 201 and came just hours after the Senate's early morning passage along party lines. In the uh, first major overhaul of the nation's tax laws since 1986, on Twitter and in the White House remarks, Trump hailed the outcome, his own efforts, and the work of GOP allies, including Majority Leader Mitch McConnell of Kentucky, who had drawn the president's wrath for the Senate's inability this past summer to dismantle the health care law. Our team will go on uh, to many more victories, according to Trump's latest tweets. I've read the law. The tax break for the rich thing isn't true, but the corporation thing is true. There's a major thing that the corporations are getting. I don't remember what it is, but they are getting like, oh, wait, no, they they pay their rate went from 35 percent to like 20 percent for large corporations or yep. something like that, which, yeah, that's quite the tax break. But but is it a fact? Is it a factor in impacting the middle class and lower class? I heard that that is one of the, the frailties of this new bill. Well, the but, idea is that the corporations can afford more workers, so unemployment will go down. Yeah, the only problem with that is that unemployment's pretty much at zero. Anytime you're under 4%, economists will tell you you're about full employment, which is why every McDonald's you drive by or you see billboards, you know, 17 bucks an hour, come on, get in here. So mm. I don't know who they're going to hire. I think what the, a lot of people think what these corporations will do will use it to increase the stock value by upping the dividends that they give to stockholders. So it remains to be seen. I don't yeah. know. But. Who knows what will happen? Because, yeah, like it said, first thing in 30 years, yeah, it's been a while since this has happened. So it could go pretty much anyway. Well, that's good news for you, L.A. Nick, right? New bar. You guys are going to be in the top echelon of businesses, and uh, <laughs> yeah. you should be well protected. Now. Yeah, I'm, I'm waiting. No estate tax on the first 11 mil? Your kids are going to be farting through silk panties. I'll wait. I'll wait. I, just, I was just in Poland. Wait, Doug, they're going to be doing what? Farting through silk panties? You've never heard that? No. That's well, a car, I don't have car any, guy. I don't especially. have any kids, but... Um, good maybe, time to get some. I'll loan you mine. No, thanks. <laughs> Oh, you heard the Cole story. I heard the, the Easter story. The Easter story. But I did day. just uh, was in Poland and in Italy and in Czech Republic, and every McDonald's I went to uh-huh. was 100% automated. I'm not surprised. Really? 100%. That's It's going to happen here. Do you know what's really weird? Only one person came out and handed you your food. Really? That just was it? To one person. We did, uh, I, I do these tours every year where I'll go to a foreign country with <laughs> listeners of our show, Beyond the Darkness, and we'll go to some of the haunted and historic places around. And it's always been interesting to go, I'll, I'll pick one fast food place that pops up, you know, and Subway's big over there, Burger King, McDonald's. So I, I'm in England, right? I've got to go to royalty. I check out a Burger King in England. Of course. So you get the crown. Totally different flavor of food, man. No. Totally different flavor. You don't walk mm-hmm. away feeling logy. You don't feel sick and wondering why you did what you just did. No, it's amazing how much better it is. It, it's unbelievable. And then you start, have you ever seen that list, Andy? Have you ever seen the list of foods that other countries, third world countries refuse to take from us because of the pollutants that we have in our food? You're looking at third world countries are like, no, you go ahead and keep that, America. <laughs> wow. Mm. We That's all know how third world countries' sticks. decisions are yeah. so great. <laughs> well, yeah, but when they're looking at the problems with the food that we've got, and you can feel the difference. I'll go over to Europe, and, and I've been to Romania. Uh, we were talking about how alcohol helps, what were you saying, kill the idea or kill um, uh, stomach issues after eating, Andy, you were saying earlier? Yeah. That booze will actually help uh, kill uh, um, food poisoning, right? Yeah, because, and, yeah, food poisoning happens because... The bacteria multiplies to a certain point, but eventually, obviously, it's going to run out of space, and they all die at once, which releases whatever toxins they had built up. So if you prevent that from happening in the first place by instantly killing them with alcohol, no problem. Right. When we were in Romania, every place we went, they'll just serve you plates of sausage. And afterwards, they're like, oh, you have to have palinka with us, which is like a plum vodka or something. No, you literally have to have Right. They're like, oh, you have to, but they make it sound like it's this, oh, this is a grand old tradition. And it's terrible. You drink it. It's lighter fluid. Yeah. But then I said, why Why do we have to drink this? They said, it's called a digestive, which makes it sound very fancy, doesn't mm-hmm. it? A nice digestive. And I go, what is digestive? He goes, the, my, my <laughs> tour leader takes me aside. He goes, food here, not always best quality. So this kills bacteria. And I'm like, oh, great. Oh, good. Uh, but uh, we never had any issues with it. But I would come home feeling 
my migra- I don't have migraines when I'm overseas. Hmm. I don't have stomach issues when I'm overseas eating the food that's there. So I, I have a very severe wheat allergy. Uh-huh. I cannot eat any wheat here. Okay. I go there, can eat all the wheat I want. Is it uh, GMO wheat that's it's bothersome here? Or is it what? What is it? Something that we're doing here. It's well, whatever chemicals we're putting in, that's got to be why people are so gluten intolerant now, right? I mean. Where was gluten all the rest of the time? I oh, go to Italy. I can eat all the weed I want. Gluten intolerance, uh, the original gene actually comes from Scandinavia for whatever reason. Well, I'm, as so, far, I'm as far away from that as you can get. Yeah, <laughs> it must be some sort of like the uh, the subspecies of wheat that they use or something. Maybe Scandinavian wheat has some sort of protein in it that. You Somebody know, told me that the, who knows? the way they process wheat in America now, they skip a process that they used to do, they skip something. Where Europe doesn't skip it, they do the whole process. That's what I was told. I don't know if it's true or not, but and that's what's processing out the nastiness, right? Of, and of and the my, our bodies can't take that. Yeah, there is a, a marked difference, oh, especially. Have you ever had European chocolate? Oh, I think I have. You can never eat American chocolate. It is it is no. brown flavored wax. Yeah. I love Hershey bars. I've always loved Hershey bars. It's one of my, you know, and those with the almonds in it, I'm, I'm broke. If I go into Walgreens to get out, <laughs> I got to grab one at the, at the counter until I started going overseas. And then you eat chocolate. and like, wow, this is what chocolate's supposed Bells to taste like. Belgian chocolates, man. Uh, All of the chocolates overseas. Okay. I've never had a bad chocolate overseas. And then you come back and I got my, my Hershey bar and I was, it literally felt like I was eating brown flavored wax. Ugh. And it is so disgusting. that's what it tastes like. Yeah. And it, you're like, what did they do? So the, it is pretty creepy what we're putting into our bodies and Even how, coffee, how it's affecting us. You get a coffee over there, it's like a whole different thing. Yeah. And the booze much better over there, Doug. You should come with us. Okay. Let's go. <laughs> Here, let me, let me let go of your arm. I didn't want to twist yeah, it sorry. quite Ooh, that hard. Uh, sorry, honey. I'll be back from New Year's. <laughs> we're Enjoy going to Romania. Show. We're going back to Romania next year. In uh, September, all those countries right there are awesome. Beautiful. I've awesome. never seen. I've never. Uh, the beauty of that country is astounding to me, and the fact that you're looking at buildings that were built in the 16, 17, 1800s and they still stand. And I'm like, well, how often do they have to go in and shore things up? Once in a while, we change the roof tiles. Estonia, and, all yeah, those countries, a, just beautiful. Yeah, and by the way, dead on accent. I just want you to know, I worked. It was on that, perfect. You know, no, it was perfect great. Accent, right on. <laughs> You sound like uh, uh, Gru from... <laughs> Gru, yes, from Despicable Me. Yes, thank you. Yes. Uh, a billionaire's heir is suing his former fiance to get a $250,000 engagement ring back. That's what the Palm Beach Daily News is reporting. Wyatt Koch... Floor, is that Koch or a Coke? Or, uh, Who knows? Yeah, I wonder if he's one of the Coke family. Wyatt I Koch. assume so. Yeah, Coke, you think? Yeah. K-O-C-H? Well, right. considering, yeah, there aren't a whole lot of billionaires out there. He's got to be related to someone. Yeah. Wyatt Coke, Florida fashion designer and son of Bill Coke, paid $180,000 for an 8.24 carat diamond ring for Ivy Slocum in March. But uh, Koch's lawyer says it was recently appraised at a quarter of a million dollars. According to page six, the lawsuit, which was filed Tuesday, claims Slocum ended the engagement in May. Coach was uh, uh, asked for the ring back multiple times, but Slocum hasn't returned it, uh, the lawsuit claims. She received the ring as a conditional gift, the lawsuit states. She refuses to return it despite proper demand. In addition to the ring... Uh, Coke is uh, seeking $15,000 in damages. His father is reportedly worth approximately $1.7 billion. It is. He is a Coke area. I look. The engagement From ring Wichita, drama. Kansas. Yeah, the Ooh. engagement ring drama has drawn attention to Coke's clothing line, which the internet has found itself far more interested in. The cut calls Coke's shirts terrible beyond your wildest imagination, oh, and one covered in money bags in particular as looking like something a cigar chomping fat cat would wear on casual Fridays. Spin adds that uh, Coke's shirts are fit for an, ex- uh, an extra from Caddyshack and look like busy shirts a middle-aged manager who fancies himself the office comedian wears on casual Friday. Uh, both publications note the tone deafness of a billionaire's heir talking about the importance of believing you can do anything in a video interview about his clothing line. Yeah, his shirt. Look at that shirt, yeah. Andy. I have a feeling he's doing that because he knows that he can do whatever oh the hell he God. wants, so he's just doing the dumbest thing he could think so what of. So what do you guys think the rule is with engagement rings? I think if you're going to break off an engagement, you should at least give the ring back and be a right. decent person. Yeah, I agree. And uh, especially if you're the one, if, if the woman is the one breaking off the engagement, 
just giving it back. If she's yeah. decided at that point you want to pull out, because it is, it's kind of a promissory note, right? You're 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 mm-hmm. doing this, you know. But again, where does the gift line end? But you know that this isn't just a gift. This is meant to bond us. But then on the other side, what do you do if you find out you're engaged, you got a two hundred and fifty thousand dollar ring, and you find out your fiance is cheating on you? Right. That's... Do you keep the ring, or, or is the proper thing to still give it back? Yeah, I guess in that case, then you could probably keep it. Yeah, or throw it in the ocean. Isn't because that then they're the, the one NBA breaking players? the. They're the one breaking the implicit contract at that point. So, yeah. yeah, but that's what happens if you ma- get married and then you find out your wife's cheating on you. She give the ring back. I don't know. Hope I never you have to find that, that out. Box yet, huh? No, we will not find that out either. Uh, yeah, that's a. I don't know. It's a grayer. First of all. Why does anybody need a two hundred and fifty thousand? Oh, I'm sorry. It was originally one hundred and eighty thousand yeah, dollars. Went up in value. Why I would you need a hundred and eighty thousand dollar engagement ring? Cubic zirconia looks just as good. Doug. Does. Have you ever seen that? Yeah, it doesn't cut glass, but I don't remember the last oh. time I borrowed my wife's ring so I could cut some glass. Yeah, really? <laughs> you haven't been trapped inside a building, the Nagatami Towers, and decided to cut we'll her. Fight her way out. Well, you better hope now that she doesn't test that principle. Yeah, that's right, <laughs> honey. If you're listening, <laughs> she's trying to cut the mirror right now at home. Yeah, that's a obscene amount of money. I don't, I, and I'm not trying to sound like a cheap guy. No, Even I if understand. you're a billionaire, why would you spend that kind of money on a ring? I don't know. Cars, even cars would be good though. Yeah, definitely cars. You, you can do, do something that. with a car. What Is do you it, really do with a ring? I love looking like old Life looking. magazines, yeah. and you see the advertisements for the car, and they're like, ah, oh, the new blah blah blah, and it's you know right now fifty five hundred dollars fully loaded, and I'm you like fifty. The ads have not changed at all; just the dollar amounts. Yeah, it's, it's the same stuff. Comfort, style, and safety and value. Yeah. On the 1936 Hudson. Why can't we find any of the good older cars anymore? Was it that junk for dollars campaign that Obama? Was that Obama or Bill Clinton? That was Obama. And everybody just took him to task for that. That was, I thought it was a really good program. It saved a lot of dealers. And everybody said, oh, it ruined the used car market. So here's the math behind it. It took 600,000 old cars off the road. And they were basically 1990s Dodge Durangos and Caravans and Explorers, not exactly collector cars. Right. The used car market in the U.S. every year is 50 million. So taking 600,000 out doesn't affect mm-hmm. the used car yeah. market. But but it did exponentially affect the pricing because I was buying no, used cars at the, Doug. How dare you, sir? <laughs> Sorry. Right. Only been doing this for 30 you look at a 1978 Cutlass Supreme is suddenly worth $3,200 with 283,000 miles on it. That's definitely an impact. Yeah, on that's it. right. But it's not. They made <laughs> a right. lot of those. They made you wow. know more than 600,000 of them. They're everywhere. They're that's, everywhere. It's a good car. I, yeah, it was. That was my first car. It was a good was car. Really? Yeah, Cutlass I had a Supreme. 78. That was a good car. It was cream colored. And I got uh, two weeks into it, and my dad had, had sold me the car. I'm driving down the road. A car comes swinging around, so I jerk the wheel to get out of the way. I hit gravel and just slide. This car was a boat. Yep. I hit three concrete pylons oh, and a telephone pole, and I drove off. I wow. shattered the concrete and dra- dragged up the telephone pole that I knocked down, and the car limped off. I had a flat tire, and they had to work on the axle. This thing, that and was it was it. it was bashed in on the side. Did it have the T-tops in it? Because no. that was the one to have. Yeah, the no. bucket, you had the center with console. The center console we, weren't, we weren't wealthy. With the velour interior, that's yep. the one everybody wants. <laughs> velour interior. <laughs> the velour interior. You know, we I had, had a '79 Tornado that had that whorehouse General yeah. Motors everybody velour wants, interior. They're, hey, they're like, coming Ooh. back right now. No, we had the cream-colored cracking uh, seats. Oh, the pleather. Yes. Oh yeah. Let's, yeah. Uh, you know how many plastic uh, animals had to die for that seat? <laughs> We're going to take a break. We'll be back with more on the Tom Bernard Show. My pillow is the holiday gift that keeps on giving. Long after the bath and body soaps have washed down the drain and the new treadmill has been turned into a clothes rack, your MyPillow gift will be guaranteeing your friends and family a great night's sleep. Buy one MyPillow and get one free online with my code KQRS or call my special offer number at 800-694-2056. Buy one, get one at MyPillow.com, keyword KQRS, or call 800-694-2056. Tom Bernard here for Whiting Clinic LASIK and Eye Care. LASIK changed my life. Dr. David Whiting changed my life. He can get rid of those contacts, get rid of those glasses, and truly change your life. He's performed over 100,000 LASIK procedures, so there's no one else around who can compare. Let me tell you, if you're thinking about having your eyes corrected, check out Dr. Whiting and the folks over at Whiting Clinic. They've got the most advanced lasers. They've got the most experienced And they've got the best price, guaranteed. All the reasons you'd choose Whiting Clinic 
for your LASIK vision correction. Make this year the year that you get LASIK from Dr. David Whiting. Schedule your free LASIK exam at whitingclinic.com, and please tell them I sent you. That's whitingclinic.com to take the first step in having clear, lens-free vision at Whiting Clinic LASIK and Eye Care. Merry Christmas, baby! on one of those very special Christmas albums that came out? Uh, I think so, but yes. I got the, I got a different album. That's a great one. Love Bruce's stuff. Yep. Speaking of music, you just brought up <laughs> some great bands from the 80s. You don't see the titles of these uh, bands much anymore. I remember I went to a concert at the Cabaret Metro in Chicago okay. where I saw the Dead Kennedys, mm-hmm. the Meat Puppets, and the Butthole Surfers yep. all in one bill. And uh, what a violent, crazy <laughs> evening that was. And then you've got the violent femmes. That would be a t- that would have been a tough era to be a twenty year old girl. All oh, the guys yeah. are just going. No, to they were tougher than guys. Crap! I think I got others. elbowed in the throat about four times at that concert. Yeah, at that time the girls were tougher. Right. Yeah. Later well, on, it got it changed. Yeah, it kind of flip flop. Like when it, when Suicide Tennessee Slayer and those bands started getting, then it changed. Well, then it was right because then you were going into the glam. Right. Then the girls had it tougher. Yeah. The Lollapalooza show we were talking about off air was the first time. I'd ever been in a mosh pit, and it was just awesome. Yeah. It was just, Jane's Addiction was playing, and they were great. Oh. There's a guy next to us who was just being a dickhead. Really? And these two gals picked him up, That's put a him scientific... on top of the crowd, and he went, Whoa. never saw him Shot again. Shot him off? Really? <laughs> so it's the conveyor belt method yep. of getting rid of the, the bad seed? Yep. Oh, that's great. See, I saw the Violent Femmes in Milwaukee at Milwaukee Fest or whatever it was, and they had like eight stages, and there was bands playing all night long, and we went over to see the Violent Femmes, and that was the first mosh pit I was in. Yep. And that was what, but that was like the happiest mosh pit you've ever been in. Yeah, this one, you nobody know, you was get knocked down and nobody was one. stomping right. on you. They were lifting you up and, and you were all back into it again. You just still didn't want to get knocked down no. in the mosh pit, though. That's not <laughs> No, you don't. Good. But that was, uh, yeah, that, talk about the different era of music that, yeah my uh, first one wasn't a good one no it was the cameo theater in miami and it was a time where skinheads and long hairs didn't get along oh sure there was a lot of skinheads in miami at the time and it was mixed bands so it was suicidal tendencies with slayer and megadeth and there was so it was metal heads and suicidal tendencies wasn't really a metal band considered at the time you know i saw the one of the weirdest concerts i saw suicidal tendencies with los lobos Wow. Yeah. And I'm like, who the hell pieced well, this, this they're, they're, t- ticket together? They were both Hispanic bands at one point. I know, but it was like just too, yeah. I don't know, it's like. Yeah, totally different kind of music. Uh, you know, like drinking red wine with you know, a, a can of spaghetti. Right. Hose, that's, what, that's what killed the House of Blues in, in Hollywood. House of Blues would do the wackiest out shows, bands that did not fit together, and they always had a problem. So there was always a stabbing or shooting, and 911 got called every night, and that's why House of Blues is no longer there. No kidding. Yeah. Yeah, I, look, I was watching some documentary about the Whiskey A Go-Go, and they were talking about the bands that came through there, and I didn't realize the Doors were basically their house band for a long time. Well, before all those bands across the street, there was a, there was a, 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 a bar that was way more famous than any of those bars. And I'm trying it was called the... Is uh, that CBGB's? Or? No, no, that no, was New York. New York. Oh, New York, uh, that's right, yeah. Is it the Stone Pony? No, no that's no. in Asbury Park, New Jersey. Oh, that's my right. God. It was called Starwood. Starwood was the biggest... Rock bar of all time in America. Really? Every huge band. Zeppelin was the house band at Starwood. Really? Yes. The Starwood was the music venue of Hollywood. And it's no longer there. It's a mall now. It's funny you mention that because I watched a YouTube clip of John Paul Jones just yesterday. And they were talking about the early days. And they were playing at the Starwood instead of playing at Woodstock. He goes, yeah, we were playing in front of 20 people. But the Starwood was it. It started all of it. Yeah, I, mean, I like that they were saying that Morrison, most times you could walk out there and he'd be laying in the gutter. And people would be like, is this guy okay? They're like, yeah, it's just Jim. He's resting between sets. And that was it. And then he'd get back up and he'd go perform again. Odd that he died at 27. Yeah, hard to believe at that. Well, allegedly. Food, food poisoning. Oh, that's allegedly. right. Allegedly. He's still alive. You know, even the Oliver Stone movie ends with a very kind of interesting deal. It doesn't say he died. It says it is said he died on this date. And like two years later, Pam joined him. Interesting. Mm. Interesting. He's dead. Shut up. <laughs> Maybe he is now. Yeah, he wasn't then. He's in an underground band with Elvis how and would, Buddy Holly. How old would he be? 
uh, ooh, geez, I don't know. He'd be 70-something, too, yeah. right? 70, probably 72, 73. No, maybe even a little older. Well, he was, he he was 27, and he died in 69 or 70. Yeah. He was born in 43. So he's so, the same yeah. age as my dad, so yeah. he's, he's right. 76, 77. Crazy. And isn't Hendrick's dad still alive? Yeah, I think he is. Well, he was. I know he was two years ago. So he got the rights to his money. Oh, really? Finally. Why? Why would it take that long to get the rights to your dead son's music? His record companies, lawyers. But you got to wait fifty years to get paid on that. Yep, his record companies no have kidding. to lawyers. Hmm. Have you ever looked into that Twenty Seven Club? Have you ever seen any of the documentaries? Well, on no, that? I I know what it is, but I haven't seen any of the documentaries. Are you familiar on. with that, Nick? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's crazy, Andy. Have you ever heard of the Twenty Seven Club? Yeah. That is a pretty weird. It aspect. is weird coincidence. You know whether you you know it's a lot of stuff you can dismiss as you know. Like, Andy makes sense when we talk about how rockers are now dying at 65 to 71. Right, Because yeah. that's when the body would normally break down, and then you look at all the alcohol and drugs, so it probably is deteriorating at mm-hmm. a quicker rate. But at 27, there's, like, an inordinate amount. There was, like, over 100 musicians, well-known musicians. Was it really that much? Yeah, it's yeah, crazy. A lot the list is bonkers. I just huh. watched the list of, of people who died this year, famous uh-huh. people. I was shocked. Most of them I did not know died. Really? Who was a surprise to you? Uh... There was so many of them. If yeah. you just Google, just, it's, it's a YouTube, a video on YouTube. Google celebrities died in 2017. Yeah, we lost, uh, last year was pretty brutal. That that had uh, all of the musicians in it. You lost three Star Wars characters all in one yep, year last year, too. Yeah, they were all on there. They were all on there. So, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's been a hellish year if you're a celebrity. <laughs> the last two years has just been brutal with celebrity deaths. Yeah, uh, you're either you deaths. die or you get lose your job because you grab somebody's butt Well, it's the Western guy ago. had a real good gray mustache. Uh Sam Elliott? Sam Elliott. No, he's still alive. He's on that show, The Ranch, on... Uh, Are you sure? Yeah, I'm almost 99% sure. He's on that show, The Ranch, on uh, on Netflix. No, there's there's two Sams, and I get them mixed up all the time. Sam this... Shepard died. Yes, that's oh, right. Oh, Sam Shepard, you're right. Yeah, Sam Shepard, you're right, you're right, you're right. So, yeah, yeah a, lot of, a lot of people passing in the last couple of years. A uh, 26-year-old woman in Tennessee has given birth to a baby girl... But this otherwise everyday event comes with a remarkable twist. The embryo that resulted in the birth was frozen 24 years ago. Could be one of yours. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, geez, I'm going to have to start watching Ancestry again for that spit cup uh, test. Uh, Meaning the mom and baby are, in one sense, nearly the same age. The embryo and I could have been uh, best friends, Tina Gilbson of Clinton tells CNN. The National Embryo Donation Center, which facilitated the procedure, says in a release that the last month's birth of Emma Wren Gibson sets the record for the longest frozen embryo becoming a baby. An anonymous couple had the embryo frozen back in 1992 when Gibson was all of 18 months old. And the NEDC thawed the fertilized egg in March and implanted it in Gibson, reports USA Today. Is that like the sliding scale of what you can afford? We've got some embryos from 2017. Yeah, yeah really. Vintage. Um, we do have some that are on the dodgy <laughs> shelf. These are from 78, and they yeah. were probably smoking. <laughs> yeah, this is, 40, this is 20-some years old. There's a good chance you could end up, you know, having some issues with this one, but we can give it a shot. Right. Yeah, it's like, are we really that low on embryos that we have to go back to 1992? Well, it's got to be a deal, right? There's. <laughs> I guess it must be. Hurry on be. down to Crazy Larry's weird. Embryo Farm. We've got special deals on 1992 Harvest right now. Well, we are talking about Tennessee, so. So, yeah, they wow. probably were like, if you, you can't probably get cousins. rid of the embryo that because they've got electricity now. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> One of them, they're moving picture theaters. Yeah. She used to pickle them before that. Yeah, Emma is such okay. a sweet miracle, says Dad Benjamin Gibson, whose cystic fibrosis made it impossible for the comp- or couple to conceive. I think she looks pretty perfect to have been frozen all those years ago. She's also healthy, having been born at six pounds eight ounces and 20 inches long per People magazine. The process in which the embryo remained in cool storage all these years is called cryopreservation, and the process by which the Gibsons became parents is known as embryo adoption. The procedure is probably a record, as the NEDC says, but confirmation is a bit tricky. Identifying the oldest known embryo is simply an impossibility. IVF expert uh, Dr. Zahir Mary uh, tells the CNN, because American companies aren't required to report the embryo's ages. Wow. How about that guy that they found out fathered like that was like 180 kids, 
and he he turned out he was the guy that was running the fertilization clinic. Yeah, and that was like ten years doctor, ago. Yeah, wow. And just knocking him out. I remember that. See, isn't there? I would say that's kind of got to be a rough deal, especially if you're doing it in one community and your seed is populating yeah, that community. Yeah, it's not a great great idea for the gene pool. I wouldn't think. It wasn't even taking place in Tennessee, Doug. <laughs> So this is going to stand out a little it's more. Like Sorry, you worried song. about the sales I, at Walzer no, in Tennessee? No, not anymore. Now? Okay, <laughs> we're not in we're in Kansas. We're not in Tennessee, well, that's and right. probably now never will be. Well, who needs it? Uh, yeah, that's uh, but that's weird. That is right? weird. the ego of this doctor. He's just like replacing everybody else's seed with his own. Makes your hand tired thinking about it. <laughs> Good God! Sir. I have a fertility clinic story. You do? Yeah. Sure. So, we were trying to conceive, uh, my ex-wife, my children's mother, and I. This goes back 15 years. And, of course, when you're having issues, you have to go in and take the test. Right. So there's really no place more depressing on the world in the world than the, the, the clinic where they test it out because they put you in this room and say, all right, we'll just come out with a cup and drop it off. Right. So I'm like, I get it. It's Monday morning. I get to have a little fun. <laughs> so I stayed in the room for a couple minutes, and I walked up to the front counter, and the nurse says, can I help you? And I said, yeah. Do you have any fishing magazines? <laughs> you should have seen the look on her face. So you should have gone in where the bottle of soft soap and just loaded yeah, it so it's like dripping right. off the sides and be like, I'm going to need another one? Yeah. <laughs> right. Okay, people, you have to tell me these things, all right? I've been frozen for 30 years, okay? Throw me a freaking bone here. I'm the boss. What do you think of the cryogenics and the idea? If, if, if I told you guys right now, we're gonna when you pass, I'm gonna take your head. We're gonna take like it Ted apart. Ted Williams, style, right? Ted Williams, it? yeah. There's Disney, a lot of Walt the, Disney, right? Well, no, that was a uh, that was a misnomer. Oh, he okay. wasn't really frozen. Yeah, that that's but, a legend, right? But there are, there are a lot of celebrities that have been. There's a lot of regular people that have been frozen now. If you could cryogenically freeze yourself with the potential that hey, we may have a cure for whatever killed you, would you be willing to do that? Is that something? It's a that great would, question. Is it, obviously, is, would it be I've never free? thought about it. No, what they do no. is they take You'd all be of dead. your... What do you would care? it be free to me to do it? Yeah, because you're dead. You won't have to pay a thing up front. Yeah. What and they do the is they take, they'll take all of your property and everything after you die, and they parcel it out to pay for that. But I don't know what happens, you know, what do you have when you come back out of it? You just have to go live with your great-great-great-great-grandson? Yeah, yeah, that's a good question. It's kind of a, a Futurama thing. You'd want a body. Yeah. Right? Well, I wouldn't want my well, head just cut off. I'd have to be head. the whole body. Yeah. Well, they, that's super expensive. Yeah. yeah. See, that's more. They got to parcel you out just the, the head. Yeah, I wouldn't do it. No? No, I'd Why be my whole body. Well, see, I don't think they're going to reattach the head anyway. What they're doing is they're looking for active cells so that they can reclone. Yeah. Make and, a new nick. Yeah, make a new nick and dump you in. Well, then yeah, it wouldn't really be me. So, Oh, nick you mean two. clone a body. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. And then Makes they would uh, they parcel it in. So I don't know that that's... New KTEL genetic 3D printer. Mm -hmm. <laughs> exactly. Spinning it out for you. I don't... Uh, I, I, I I'm going to get mummified. Hmm. Any particular reason? Well, that's why yeah, he started I, the bar. He's yeah, just no, pickle himself so, from the inside you know, out. King Tut does about $16 million a year right now. You yeah, know that? it's good business. $16 million a year. Yeah. He doesn't get the money, though, Nick. No. His estate does. Hmm. His estate? <laughs> yeah, I'm here. I'm Barry Tutankhamen. I'm here to collect my great, great, no, great, 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 Cocaine's a hell of a drug. Nick. I think he's no. making it up as he goes no, along. No, serious. King Tut's money goes... To who? Molina's, it goes to the Egyptian government, I think. Well, there's... No, Molina's just shaking his head. Somebody look it up. Oh Somebody God. look it up. King Tut's heirs. <laughs> I, I find that hard to believe because there are all these Egyptian kings trying to give me right. their money right now in but my anyway, emails. King Tut Philly does Tut. about sixty million a year. Right. Bobby Tut. Most of his money most of his money comes from America and European countries. Uh-huh. So I want to be the first amazing American mummy and yeah. I want to hit India and China. Really? As the American mummy. Can we start that process right now? I already have. Really? What yes. Eating sawdust? Dehydrate. You, you have to have ruled dehydrating something, yourself. What's that? You have to have ruled something. No, you don't. Just the amazing American money. The Ameri amazing American money Ameri that ran from Air of Minneapolis. So listen, I, I saw a thing one time. There was a store owner out in Arizona that was a sheriff mm -hmm. that shot an outlaw. And he displayed this outlaw in his window of his store. Right. And he would charge a nickel. Right. 
Fast, this was back in the 1800s. Fast forward to 1997. There's a movie being shot in Seaside Heights, New Jersey, in, a, in an old haunted house. The prop master says, hey, we have to take down this movie oh, you right, have right. hanging out here. They found out it was a real person because they broke it. They said, well, well, don't worry, we'll get it fixed. They find out it's a real person. And now that guy has been around the whole time having fun, scaring people. And now his family he, he came. He wasn't really around. <laughs> his family came and claimed the body. And now he's buried six feet under. So do they get a percentage of the ticket sales for all those years? No, they didn't get nothing. Let's take a quick break. We'll continue with all the joyous festivities right here on the Tom Bernard Show. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. When you call Sabre for service, you'll get a certified technician that's an expert at diagnosing, repairing, and installing heating and air conditioning equipment. Sabre Techs give you the service you need, not the other stuff that you don't need. When you combine that with Sabre's A rating for customer service and the best equipment from Bryant, you get exactly what you need. So make the call to Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning today. Sabre and Bryant, whatever it takes. This is Tom, and I want to tell you a story about camping. A guy named Tim, his back pain, and his angry wife. You see, Tim went camping with his family, but he aggravated his recurring back problem a couple of days before when he was golfing with his buddies. His wife had to set up the campsite and do all the heavy lifting, and Tim couldn't do a whole lot with the two kids. Tim was not a happy camper. And neither was his wife. The following Monday, Tim's wife got him an appointment at Hopkins Health and Wellness Center, a DMR method clinic. Their team of physical therapists and chiropractors figured out what was really wrong with his back, quickly got him out of pain, and taught him how to keep it from coming back. And what did Tim say was the biggest benefit of finally handling his back problem? Happy wife, happy life. DMR clinics are a group of physical therapists, chiropractors, and allied medical spine specialists that can help you feel better fast. They have a 96% success rate. It's covered by insurance, and you don't need a referral. They have convenient locations in Hopkins, Woodbury, Rogers, and Blaine. For a free consultation, go to dmrmethod.com. That's dmrmethod.com. feel-good kind of song. Welcome back. Filling in for Tom Bernard, I'm Dave Schrader. Tom will be back with you tomorrow and Friday. I'll be back with you next week filling in for Tom. Were you just as uh, shocked and awed during the break to find out just how much information Nick has? Well, I guess we shouldn't be surprised by anything Nick knows at this point, but do you, you know there's a new form. Okay, wait a minute. I, I got to start from scratch here. You want to be mummified. The amazing American mummy. First okay. of all, be the first American mummy. And what are, you said you're currently pursuing this. You're you're, uh, you're doing something to kind of what tan your hide from inside out. At oh this yeah, there's dehydrating your insides. It's a, uh-huh. a home insulation technique. Yeah. But there is a new technique of dehydrating your insides. I don't. I'm not a medical guy, Andy. Does that sound healthy to you? What De- dehydrating your insides? Well, while you're still alive. Oh, no, that's not yeah, good. That doesn't sound good. Well, there's a new technique for mummification. Uh-huh. So they foam fill you, so you don't get all emancipated. You don't, you don't shrink in. You emancipated? Stay, I mean, uh, emaciated. emaciated. You, stay, you stay full formed. Okay. So you don't get all shrunken up. Sure. So. And when are you starting that part of the process? Well, when you die. Oh, okay. Yeah. But you're dehydrating yourself. That doesn't sound healthy, Nick. He's oh, having it, the house it, sided, okay. and he's going to get mummified <laughs> gonna, at the same time. You just slowly fill up about a quart every month yeah. with the foam. You just no, take you, it down the pipe. No, you can't do that until you die. It's poisonous. Yeah. It's yeah, I kind of figured. Well, so is dehydrating yourself. That's got to be bad for the form. I've been doing that for a long time. Well, that's not good for you, Nick. No, a lot of things aren't good for you. You're 98% no. water. This, this right? show's not good for you. <laughs> <laughs> no, you learn something new every day. There's one listener out know, there still. How do you know that there's a new process of mummification? Is there like a big call for mummification? Oh, in Egypt there is, yes. Still? Absolutely. See, I just think that people are going to be looking at you and poking and opening up your basement eventually. Why would you do that? Because oh, I'm going to go on a tour in India and China. As how the, do you know uh, that they're going to want you? They um, Trust me, if you say the words amazing American mummy. Emancipated mummy. Don't forget that part. <laughs> but you <laughs> couldn't look like me because no. then they wouldn't come. No. no well, could, in, a lot of places, in a lot of places in India, a, an alive white person is a big deal. So yeah. a mummified one would be, you know. Trust me, you go to India or China, they want to touch you. They come up and pet you. They, 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 really? Oh, absolutely. How many times have you been to Indiana and China, or India and China? How many times have I been? Yeah. None. Oh. Oh, 
Well, mom was in India, and she did but say But I know lots of people who They like had. to stroke you and touch you there? People would frequently, like, come up to her and ask to have their picture taken with her. There just you go, she was Now a I know what I'm person. doing for Christmas for yeah. you next year. I'm sending you where you can be petted and stroked all the time. I need that. Yeah. yeah. It's Yoshiko's. It's on 2nd and <laughs> Washington. <laughs> but yeah. I'm telling you, there's a lot of money There's a lot of money to be made in, in this field. But the your dad, how the do you enjoy and stroking it? Field, I, I, it's not for me. For who? It's for other people. So it's what you are is your gift to the world. Oh, I'm leaving leaving the money to somebody else. Okay. How about Doug? Since you won't let him be a mummy, give him something. I out can of the get deal. a little taste. I won't take it all. <laughs> a little taste. I'll cut it. I'll cut the. I'll cut the tuts in. I think me and Doug. You pie, what? I'll cut, cut the, the tuts, tuts out. In. I think me and Doug pie only have about 300 months, 320 months left to live. Wow. I don't know. I was I, I was named after my great uncle who was born in 1880 and died in 1981. Came over wow. from England. He was too old for World War One. And he died of pneumonia. Okay. And I asked him. He was English. It was, it was about your size, actually. And I said, Uncle, and I was probably 16. I said, Uncle Doug, in your lifetime, you've seen the invention of the airplane, uh, the automobile, space travel, rock and roll, nuclear war, penicillin, blah, 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 blah. blah. What's, what's the biggest invention in your lifetime? Without missing a beat, he goes, oh, lad, it's easy. I've been able to enjoy it myself, but for you, it's wonderful. It's a birth control pill. Yeah, really? that makes sense. That was the magic for him? Yeah, I thought that was the best invention, not all of them. So well, I guess that's how you make obviously it. Obviously, he never tried the McRib sandwich. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, 1981, I don't think they'd invented it yet. Otherwise, that probably would have bumped out free life. Yeah, no, I think the 80s is when we launched the uh, McRib. Oh, except that in sounds Minnesota. about right. They're still hiding it from us here in the Twin Cities. Mummified burger. Well, but that is the great American mummy right there, the, the McRib sandwich. <laughs> it's actually a yeah, guy. Amazing. Tom Bernard Show brought to you by McMummified Sandwiches. Uh, how's this for a bold statement on alien life? Oh, Andy's feeding into my cortex now. <laughs> I think we read this yesterday and then said we should. No, on Monday. Monday, yeah, and then said, well, this would be good for Dave. Yeah, so. My personal belief is that there is a very compelling evidence that we may not be alone. It comes from a uh, conspiracist in a tinfoil hat. does not come <laughs> yeah. from a conspiracist in a tinfoil hat, but from the former Pentagon official who ran the Defense Department's no longer secret program to study reports of UFOs. What is that? Uh, Luis Elizondo tells CNN it was the Pentagon's failure to act on anomalous aircraft that don't have any obvious flight services, any obvious forms of propulsion, and yet display extremely maneuverability or extreme maneuverability beyond anything biological. And that's what caused him to leave the Pentagon and its Advanced Aviation Threat Identification Program two months ago. Before the 22-year-old Pentagon veteran left his job for the private sector, Elizondo wrote to Defense Chief Jim Mattis to say the U.S. was ignoring a potential security threat per the Washington Post. Despite overwhelming evidence, certain individuals in the Defense Department remain staunchly opposed to further research on what could be a tactical threat to our pilots, sailors, and soldiers, and perhaps even an existential threat to our nation's security. Uh, Elizondo wrote in a letter in a separate memo he requested three videos of the unknown aircraft taken from cockpit cameras be made public. Pentagon officials have revealed little about the program other than to say it began in 2007 and reportedly ended in 2012 when funding was diverted to higher priorities. Elizondo now works in the private sector for a company called To the Stars Academy of Arts and Sciences, which the Post says specializes in promoting UFO research for scientific and entertainment purposes. So when you think about it, that right, right there is one of the defining qualities of being human, and it's also maybe one of our flaws. It's the whole fight-or-flight mechanism. So that's the only possible response for extraterrestrial life is we got to run away or we got to kill it. Mm. Whereas there's a third possibility. It what could be really be? beneficial to us. Right. But that never comes up. Well, I mean, here's the, here's that's the a human problem. Thing. He, you know, it, he, the one point he's bringing up in, is that this could be um, a problem for us as a country. They've been reporting these since even in World War II, the Foo Fighters. Yeah. They would see these lights that would follow planes and this isn't anything new if they wanted to take over i'm pretty sure it would have happened by now yeah that we would have been attacked or we would have nominated a game show host for president yeah exactly oh there's that yeah, awfully clever but uh, aliens the the fact is that if if this really was a danger i think that maybe the reason the government's diverting it but they said it it's actually not there's still people that are, are now coming forward claiming that they're still part of that secret ops organization 
you can't just dismiss it. There's just too many people that have seen it, including presidents and astronauts. Yeah. And Art Bell. Well, Art Bell, yeah. <laughs> Good buddy of mine. I'm on Coast to Coast. Don't be taking too many shots I on used that. to I, When I played in bands in the 90s, I always listened to Art on the way home. Sure. It, it, he'd keep you awake, that's for sure. Right, like, yeah. Wow. I said, well, I didn't have a radio in my house. I'd be listening on my way home from bar time, and, and I'd catch a story, and I'd just sit in my car for two yeah. hours listening because you were enthralled with yep. what they were covering on that. He can spin a yarn. What do you think, Andy? Do you believe that there's life on other planets that are coming to visit us? There could be. I'm not ruling it out or, you know. What do you believe is My more... formal stance is whatever. Do you believe uh, officially that uh, they're coming from other planets or other galaxies, or do you think that they're they're here you know that there's something much closer to us that's doing this like flying mummies yes <laughs> yeah all those mummies in the sky i don't know why no one's seen them um i don't see why there wouldn't be anything else in the solar system especially since we uh have so little knowledge about like we've never seen the inside of jupiter or venus or anything like that because they're gas well wait venus i don't think is a gas giant but Jupiter is just a big ball of gas that we can't look inside because it's, you know, there's so much crap in there. But for all we know, there could be some organism that evolved in there and, you know, was living in Jupiter. I know the uh, NASA just released, I think it was a week or so ago, that they found another eight-planet system. Oh, did they really? That's just like ours. We haven't even seen most of the ocean on Earth. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Not only the rest of the galaxy. There could literally be like a Beijing-sized city (laughs) on the ocean floor, and we wouldn't. We we don't even know that. Well, that's why I'm wondering if these things aren't really extraterrestrial, but they're Uh, just—they're already here. Subterrestrial. Right. Could be another world right down there. They call it USOs. uh, Unidentified unidentified submersible objects and. my son was stationed aboard a ship, and he is not a believer in all the paranormal stuff. And he contacted me. He goes, I don't know what to tell you, Dad. He goes, we were doing patrol and cruising across the ocean, and lights started going up underneath the water. We called our commander, who came out. We watched these lights follow the ship and then come out and take off. And I said, what did we see? And he goes, my commander said, we didn't see a damn mm. thing. That's all. And that was the end of it. But these things have been following see, nuclear. I've seen that in... in- off the coast of New York, but they're phosphorescent jellyfish. It's really cool. If you have yeah, a but boat these that come makes out of the water. Yeah, this, this, these actually, it's the motion that triggers the phosphorescence, so they'll show up in the boat wake. Oh, yeah. But they yeah. don't oh, take yeah. off, right? Yeah. So it's different. But, the, but it's that pretty must cool. Be pretty cool to see. First time you see it, you go, holy Yeah, it's crap. really right. weird looking. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, there's an amazing amount of things that we still don't know about the ocean floor. But they've yeah. been telling. I think that was wasn't that the abyss? James Cameron's yeah. abyss yeah. It was all about the underwater alien culture and possibility. Yeah. But that makes more sense to me is that there might be something here. I'm saying if we don't even know our own ocean, how right. can we know the whole entire universe? Yeah, really. I mean, no, we don't, and that's the interesting aspect of it to keep our eyes to the skies and mm-hmm. keep seeing. But we that. do know. We do know more than I would think we would know. We know, like, where everything is. Yeah, what's, We just what's don't know pretty, the details. It's pretty amazing that we did What I don't understand is this new, um, this new uh, telescope that they've created, this radio telescope, is supposed to see farther back than we've ever been able to see. And, I, okay, I get that you can see things, but that they said that we're, we're working on getting it to the point where we can see the beginning of time. And how is that even? I can't. I, I, I can't, can't wrap my head my, around that principle. I'm an, I'm an English major. That sort of stuff just short circuits my brain. I right. try to try to understand, and I'm just well. Not a lot wired of stuff, like yesterday, uh, a big uh, they call. I think they call it the octopus landed on the space station yesterday, which is not even news in America. Like nobody here even knows about it. Right. Which is it's a big deal. I mean, this well, what thing, is it? It was a a a, a man. A, manless pilotless ship that docked on the space station yesterday to bring supplies to the guys that are up there well that's why funding has been cut to nasa but nobody knows about it like nobody nobody even nobody but it happened yesterday but you know here's the deal there was nothing there's nothing really consequential to us about that it was the first time it was a pilotless right but i'm just saying nobody cares nobody cares because it's not you know it's not something we've been there they care in some other countries but not here right well, sure, because that's still pretty exciting to see, right? I mean, what? I I watched it and I thought it was super cool. There was no glitches; the thing just latched right up, and I thought it was neat. Now, I saw something. There's a guy in uh, Trout Lake, Washington. It's uh, you can check out his website. It's e c e t i dot o r g and his name is James Gilliland. And we heard him on Coast to Coast one night, 
And uh, he made this claim on air. He said, if you come to my property on a clear night, you have a 95% chance of seeing something. And as an investigator, I was like, I got to challenge this guy. I got to show up. And I showed up in 2006 and saw the weirdest things. I, I still can't wrap my head around the things I saw in the skies over his property. To this day, I, I'm baffled by what I saw. And he's very calm about it. I saw what looked like a, blo- a blue stingray in the sky. It was like a gel pack kind of swimming through the sky. Wow. It looked so weird to me. I thought it was like a bad 80s video this? effect. It's in Trout Lake, Washington. Okay. It's like 80 miles or so out of Oregon. And went out there, checked this thing out. It blew me away, what we were watching. I I still, I can't even process it. And you go up, and the guy that owns the place is like a big, uh, looks like Grizzly Adams. He talks mm-hmm. like a hippie, very nice guy. And he's just like, man, what'd you see? I told him, he goes, oh, yeah, that's a half biological craft. It's how it gets between dimensions. And you're like, man, what drugs are you on? But I just saw this thing. I don't have any better explanation for it. So you can, if people are interested in traveling to weird places and seeing interesting things. Trout Lake, is it? Holy cow. They're, and they're, they don't even... It's just like it's part of it. And he's got video footage of these things, and all of a sudden you see the black screaming uh, uh, jets go flying after him. Now, yeah. was this before or after Washington State passed legalized weed? Yeah, no, this was before. This was back in 2006. You know, the last 747 is going to circle downtown today. Really? Yeah. The last 747? Yeah, they're retiring yeah. it. It's a bit oh, wow. Circling press, downtown press Minneapolis jump. today. Huh. <clears throat> the last one. Yeah. Big news. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're talking about things flying. So. No, yeah, no. I'm just saying, though, it's funny, right? We, you're, you're retiring things that we've just taken for granted. And, again, yeah. nobody knew about it. Nobody. And, and, and a hawk ate a whole pigeon in front of my house yesterday. You lead a pretty exciting life. It did. But this, <laughs> and this now hawk, I know why you want to mummify yourself hawk, right now. Welcome hawk, to the non-sequitur hour. This hawk ate this pigeon for like six hours. And then last night, the carcass ate. He picked every piece of meat off of every yeah. rib bone Hawks on that will pigeon. do that. Merry Christmas, everybody. <laughs> How about that's the woman whose pit bulls killed her? Yeah, that's another happy, no, charming no, holiday story. That story to me sounds like a little we're, babies has something more to it. We're done. Tom Bernard <laughs> will be back tomorrow. Thank God. Uh, I'll be back with you guys again next week right here on the Tom Bernard Show. Merry Christmas. I didn't buy it.